My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and good afternoon and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And I'm continuing my series on medicine. And today I have the great honor and pleasure of introducing you to E.J. Fry. E.J. Fry is a profound, beautiful acupuncturist and Taoist priest. And I have had the great pleasure of knowing E.J., I think for God, maybe seven years and being under his care. And the thing that I love about EJ and his medicine is to me, one of his avid facets is listening. I've never met a more profound listener in my life. (laughs) And with that, I'm humbled to have you here, EJ. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really honored to, to talk with you and Mm. really honored for the invitation. So thank Mm. you. Mm. EJ, how, um, I know that uh, for people who may not know acupuncture, which to me seems like crazy talk in this day and age, but what would you want people to understand about acupuncture from your point of view? Wow. Um, <clears throat> that That's such a, such a huge question. Um, and yeah, this is something that I actually think about a lot, especially when I when I have new patients who come to me who are new to acupuncture. And so there's a lot of things that I know that I kind of take for granted that they may not know. And so um, so I try to be very um, very thorough <laughs> in, in the explanation of, of what's going to happen. Um, I think what I would want people to know about acupuncture is that Um, (laughs) I don't want, (laughs) I don't want to like undersell the medicine, but it's not like a, it's not a panacea or a magic bullet that's going to fix everything. Um, and I think sometimes by the time people are open to trying acupuncture, they've tried a lot of things before previously to acupuncture. And so they're, they're starting to get to the end of their rope in terms of Um, what's going to help this situation that I'm trying to deal with. And, um, and I think sometimes acupuncture can be seen as this thing like, oh, this is going to solve all my problems. I found, I finally found this modality that is going to fix everything. And I think that's putting a little, a little too much um, pressure on, on oneself really to, Mm. um, to have this um, new, magic um thing that i've encountered that's going to fix all my issues so um acupuncture is so effective for (laughs) this might sound weird but at the same time it's more effective for um conditions that i think people don't even realize either i i think acupuncture is well known for treating pain um i think it's well known for um, treating stress and anxiety and things like that but 
um, the scope of the medicine is so broad because when this medicine was developing, it really was the only medicine available. So whether you had a common cold or you had um, pneumonia or you had um, a really bad migraine headache or you had um, sadness from a loss or heartbreak or depression, um, some form of, of Chinese medicine, including acupuncture, herbs, et cetera, um, those were going to be used to address those things. And I think that, um, <laughs> so it might sound weird, but on one hand, it's not quite the magic bullet that I think sometimes people hope for. And on the other hand, it will actually, it's very effective at addressing a very wide scope of, of issues that I think people don't realize. I, you know, it's so funny is because I actually think that it is a magic bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've had um, been using acupuncture for 21 years religiously. And um, the thing that is interesting when you said that, what I heard is that people are to stay open. Yes. That's, that's what I heard you saying. And I don't yes. know that that's true, but that's what I felt. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, and in terms of the magic bullet thing, there are, there are those times when you find the, the right formula for the right person or the right acupuncture points for the right person. And it has this very, very magical effect um, that I think sometimes will take people by surprise. It definitely took me by surprise. Um, when I got my first treatment, I was very skeptical about the medicine. I didn't believe in the medicine. In fact, I was very kind of anti-acupuncture in a lot of ways. And um, if I had been expecting to feel anything during my first acupuncture treatment, I probably would have chalked it up to a placebo effect. Um, but when I went and got acupuncture, I was expecting to feel nothing. So when I went and got needled, and after about five minutes of having the needles in, I felt a very visceral, very um, somatic, very embodied, um, all, all these sensations happening. And um, because I wasn't expecting that, it was, it was very surprising for me to feel those effects happen. Because can you share, I, I remember you telling me the story about why you got into acupuncture was because of what happened to you. Can you share what had happened to you? Um, the ex, you had something wrong with your leg or something, I think. Okay. No, my legs have been. <laughs> what was that? It was something. I remember something. My memory is gone. Knocking on wood. I, my legs have been, been pretty, pretty healthy. Um, well, I was in the middle of music school and I was, I was absolutely, you know, I, I, I felt you know, I was in my mid twenties and I felt like I was in my mid eighties. I had no energy. I had no motivation. I just wanted to sit and, and watch daytime TV and, and sit on the couch. And, um, yes. you know, I was supposed to be practicing, you know, like six, eight, six to eight hours a day, you know, practicing drums. And, and I, I couldn't even bring myself to go to class in school, you know, and um, something felt very wrong. And I got, the Western medicine thing done. I got all the blood work done. I got the, you know, at one point they did an MRI of my brain because it was like, what is going on with this guy? Um, he seems totally fine. Um, 
other than the, you know, the complaints I was having of, of fatigue and lethargy. Um, and so my girlfriend at the time convinced me to go get acupuncture. I didn't want to go. She said, look, I'll make the appointment for you. I'll pay for it. Just go and show up. Um, and I did, and it was a total life changer. It was, it was a complete game changer. Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, that was, was, it's profound. And I was fully expecting it to be another waste of, you know, another hour or two, you know, okay, I'll go do this. I'll go do the appointment. I'll let him stick needles in me. It's going to be another waste of an hour or two. And then I'll come home and I'll be back to square one. But it was, it was really, it was really quite a change. So between the acupuncture, um, the herbs that I was prescribed and the dietary changes they wanted to make, um, it, it really changed my, my trajectory. So I, I, what I'm really curious about is one of the things that you do so beautifully is you listen and I feel that you listen to the pulses, you listen to people and their whole thing. Where did that capacity to listen come from? And how do you see listening as part of your medicine? Yeah, this is another <laughs> broad question and very, very deep question. Um, I mean, the, the short answer to that is meditation. My, my capacity... Any capacity that I have, any capacity that I've cultivated has come from meditation. Um, I don't know how else how else to put it. It's really it's really come from meditation, the capacity for listening. And then as that capacity, I think broadens the the desire to be able to listen deeper broaden so it's it's mm. something that really feeds off of itself in a really beneficial way you know the the more that capacity is cultivated um the more that i i want to be able to listen even deeper and then the more i want to be able to listen deeper the more i want to develop that capacity even more so um and and all that capacity on, honestly, it, it's really due to just quiet, still sitting. Doesn't even have to be sitting, but but this this very intentional intentional periods of time where you're quiet, still, and you're just paying attention. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I I think in a lot of ways it it really does break down to to that. Can I ask you something? Because right now, when you started talking, I could feel myself just get so quiet. And yet there's, um, in that quiet, do you experience a lot of sound? Yes. <laughs> yes. The, the, you, you could you could say that our our true natures is actually that quiet and that stillness um and i don't want to make it sound like any sound or thought or activity that you notice from that very quiet place is like antithetical or like you know bad or the enemy of that quiet because that quiet actually encompasses 
all the sound, all the movement, all the activity, that quiet is actually the foundation for sound. It's, it's the foundation for what we're perceiving. Um, mm. So it's not like that quiet excludes sound or activity. It's not like the quiet's here and I'm going to access the quiet. Meanwhile, the sound is out there and it, they're very separate things. It's, that's just not, that's just, it's kind of not how it works. <laughs> the, 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 the quiet is, is actually the foundation and the source of, of all the sound and activity. So it's included within the quiet. It seems to me that, um, that I don't know if I'm going to say this correctly, but what I can feel is that then in your medicine or your practice, it's like you're discerning what you're listening to or what, what wants the attention. I don't know if that makes sense. That makes total sense because I don't think I could have put it more succinctly or better than that. Um, I really, I really try to be aware of when I come to a situation with a patient with a preconception of, I know what they're about. I know their constitution. I know their deal. I know what I'm going to do. This is, you know, um, no problem. Um, those, those situations don't allow for much listening, you know, since mm -hmm. that's the topic that we're on. Those situations don't allow for much listening because I'm already in the zone of, I know this person, I know what to do. I know what points I'm going to use and what herbs and, um, and someone might come in and they already off the bat, they're not going to be heard. They're not going to felt heard. I don't think, I think, I think they're less likely to come in and feel heard and there won't be that connection that is very, very necessary, very essential. That connection is very essential to facilitate healing. It's, um, it's really interesting. I had never um, seen this till right now, EJ. You know, one of the things that I love to do is also listen to people. But I see is when I have, I'm not listening, like the thing that wants to be revealed can't be revealed because it, it can't be seen or heard. It's like I'm actually keeping it away. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's 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 something that gets cut off in the interaction. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to put it, but there's no longer um, this this back and forth listening and hearing. It's really a giving and receiving. You know, you're 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 receiving what you're hearing, you're giving your attention. Mm. Um, and so it, it's, it's very much a two-way street. And I think that gets um, kind of cut off when you're, when you come to a situation with a lot of assumptions and preconceptions and. Um, There's something you just yeah. said, and I've never heard it before. And um, when you said it, my, it really touched my heart. And it was the giving and the receiving. But it, there was something you said, I'm giving my presence. I'm giving my awareness. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that what you said? I, I might have said attention, but 
but yeah attention you know, same same difference you know the, yeah. the idea is like you're you're giving the the gift of your of your presence oh wow <laughs> And then oh my God. people can't always receive that though, you know, and say and more, no, say, uh-uh. well, say more I mean, about that. Sometimes people want to come in and they just want their headache to go away, or they just want um, the right herbal prescription, or they just want, you know, and mm-hmm. um, you know, the, that, that type of presence I'm, that I just referred to, it's very, it's very intimate. You know, it's very intimate and it kind of requires some vulnerability. And I don't think everyone is always necessarily up for that level of vulnerability and therefore, you know, receiving that. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're not up for, for giving that either. Like sometimes, you know, and we, we might have really good reasons, but there, there are times where we don't feel quite that generous either in giving that that presence Mm. sometimes we just don't have the capacity and that's totally fine um but you know i try to catch myself when i'm feeling you know it's like oh you know i do have the capacity i think today i'm just for whatever reason there's a feeling of of like stinginess that's happening Mm -hmm. Where I feel like I'm just, I just don't feel quite as generous with that. Um, I don't feel quite as generous with with that um, level of of presence that I know mm. I'm capable of. Mm. You know, I just also think that some what you base said that sometimes like there's an intelligence that the presence isn't required for what's needed that day. It's not what's I'm not going to say this. Um, like in that beautiful stinginess, <laughs> is is the presence that's needed. Yeah, no, I agree. And then I think for me, what can be difficult is kind of being able to trust that that's okay for today. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if if this is what I can do today, and I'm and I know I'm doing my best. Sometimes it's hard for me to like really trust that that's okay. And then I can get into, you know, these thought patterns of I didn't do enough, I wasn't generous enough. I, you know, I'm blowing it. I'm not, I'm not really, why do I do acupuncture? I'm not, you know, I'm not um, doing a great job here. You know, So yeah, um, yeah our humanity comes in. Yeah, but exactly. I can, but it's just beautiful. Now, the the other thing is that um, what I'm really curious because I can see what's happening is between your your study of becoming a Taoist priest and your acupuncture, they're informing each other. It seems is that is that a true story? Yeah, I think I think those two things do inform each other quite a bit, and I I don't know if I could sum up how that happens because I very much feel like it's an ongoing process of how those two things inform each other. Um, It really does feel like it's, it's an ever evolving uh, relationship between those two things. Um, But it's, it's something that, 
that really deeply informs how I do acupuncture and um, and I don't even think in terms of how it looks when I do acupuncture. Um, it's not like because of my Taoist practice, the way I do acupuncture looks really different or um, it can sound different sometimes, but, um, but I think in terms of the, the intention of where, where I'm coming from when I'm, when I'm practicing the medicine, it, it definitely has a, has a really deep um, impact on, on how I view the medicine, how I want to practice the medicine, how I want to um, interact with um, people who want to receive the medicine. Um. <laughs> I just, I just felt, and I don't know that this is true. Um, like I just felt like your Taoist practice. It's just like, um, it's like taken down to the still waters of the river mm -hmm. at the very calm presence of it or the origin of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's true. And I would say for me, especially with Taoism, that, that, any, 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 like any, anything you would observe that's like that, that deep, what you call the still waters there have so much to do with, um, this, this trust and reliance on the Taoist practitioners who I consider my ancestors who came before me, who, um, are such a, a guiding, they're a guiding light, really. They're like a guiding star for, um, you know, setting this precedent of we've done this, we've we've mapped out this way to do it. You can follow in our footsteps and and have have our support and our encouragement. And so, it's this very. Um, I'm just laughing because the feeling I get is now when I, if when I, next time I see you is when I'm in the room, I'm not going to just feel your presence. I'm going to feel all your ancestors mm -hmm. walking in the room with you. Yeah. And that, that's honestly, that's what I hope for. You know, I don't, I, I don't really, um, I don't really think that the type mm -hmm. of, of medicine and healing and so on and so forth that I'm hoping to facilitate um, this guy EJ can do who went to acupuncture school for four years and went to China and then, you know, practiced for a while and has, you know, X amount of years of experience at this point. I, the, the type of, um, what I want to bring to the situation really does rely on this lineage of, of generation after generation of practitioners who have been doing this. Those are I feel, the, yeah. yeah, those are, there's those a are. generosity in it. Yeah. I, I forget the phrase, but it's, the phrase is something like those, you know, those are the, the, the shoulders of the giants that we stand on or something like that. But that's, that's really how it feels. It's like, I, I, you know, that, that feeling of being carried and supported by ancestors mm -hmm. who came before us hmm. and that's a huge that's a huge thing that's emphasized in Taoism you know this this idea of lineage this idea of ancestors um 
you know, and I and I think rightfully so that you're you're encouraged to pay homage to your ancestors that way. It just shows how we're connected to everything, is what I'm feeling. Yes, the divine connection. Yeah, it's a very humbling feeling that I mm. that I think that I can forget in my, like I mentioned before, my 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 mistrust of life unfolding you know as it unfolds um when i when i forget that and i and i don't feel that trust then that's when i get in my own way <laughs> you know that's when that's that's when i i tend to to yeah to get in my own way you know when i when and when i remember it's it's a lot easier for me to kind of step out of my own way you know, you just said something, EJ, and that's what I hear so, that it's the word trust. Do I trust life in the lineage? Do I trust yeah. life? Yeah. And what have you seen about that? Um, well, you know, I've I've been a Buddhist practitioner for a long time as well. <laughs> long, long is definitely relatively speaking, but relative to my Taoist practice, I've been, you know, I've been a, I've been a Buddhist for for officially since 2015 when I was ordained and um you know I had one of my one of my teachers said to me flat out like you you don't trust life you know and that was that was that was kind of a shakeup for me and it was really you know it wasn't meant as an insult at all but it was just meant as a way to kind of like wake me up a little bit and it really something really resonated about hearing that like you don't you don't trust life and it really made me look at all the ways that that i don't that i that i just inherently have a mistrust of of life and therefore myself and therefore other people and so on and so forth so i think part of this um listening that we talked about initially there's a really strong connection there to the cultivation of of this listening and also this trust that comes from that and so it's <laughs> again it's an ever evolving deepening and cultivation of this widening and and deepening of of trust for life as it unfolds whatever is is whatever arises whatever comes to you is to be taken you know as as the as as a trustworthy thing in a way there's a there's a rilke poem and i i can't remember the whole poem but i definitely remember the snippet where he says um take whatever comes with great trust and i think that's that's for me at least that's a really difficult thing to remember you know in um i'm gonna do the podcast listeners a favor and, and find that poem and when we air this, I want to put that out because I think what you've just said is such a gift. Yeah. Because I think if we learn how to trust, that's it. Yeah. And and again, I mean, this this also goes back to the ancestors. Like if if you consider how broad you want to define what an ancestor is, it could be, you know, your lineage from you know, this country or that country or this culture or, or this ethnicity or whatever. But if you really expand the idea of ancestorship, 
you can think of Rilke as a as a as a trustworthy <laughs> ancestor to to kind of help guide you. You know, I love that. EJ, we are coming to the end of our podcast, which I can't believe, and I um, want to give you this time to announce anything that you have coming up or want to share with our listeners that would that you want to. Sure. Um, well, I, I definitely want people to know that I'm practicing Chinese medicine and Taoist medicine in Oakland. And I have a new office on Telegraph Avenue and 66th Street in a wonderful location right across from the White Horse Inn. Um, and that I'm starting to also branch out a little bit and practice acupuncture up in the lovely, beautiful county of Mendocino. Um, so um, I'm starting to do some guest <laughs> guest acupuncture appearances um, with a with a, another amazing, really amazing acupuncturist um, up there um, named Jessica Curl Rose, who uh, works at the Stanford Inn. So I'll be doing um, acupuncture up at the Stanford Inn. Up oh my in God, Mendocino. boondoggle. Yeah. Boondoggle. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, and I, I can attest, having been under your care, it's an honor. It's a true honor to be under your care and have your presence and listening come in and then our bodies do what they do together. Your what Your wisdom and then mine. So I thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you for being on this podcast. It's just been um, a delicious experience. Oh, thank you so much. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.